0: A few weeks ago, we kicked off November with a sermon called All In, Through the Fire But Not Burned. We looked at three young men who were taken into captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar. The king, he wasn't a God-fearing man or even a God-worshiping man. He was arrogant and prideful. He was so prideful that he built a statue of himself. And he said, you will bow down to the statue. Whenever you hear the instruments, you will bow down. And if you're not, if you don't, you will be thrown into the fiery furnace. These three young men were God-fearing men and God-worshipping men and men of faith. And they made a choice. Despite the opposition, despite the hardship they would face, despite the ridicule, They made the choice that even though they may lose their life, that they were all in with their relationship with God. They were going to serve him no matter what. Two things we learned from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is when you are all in with your faith, you choose to abandon your bow and you choose obedience over the outcome. Well, today we are starting week two of All In. And today we are choosing faith over fear. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for being here with us. We thank you for your spirit that it has rained down upon this place today. Use me in these next moments that I speak. Speak through me. Help us, Father, to have that faith. That faith like a child that no matter what comes our way, we know we can count upon you. We ask this in your heavenly, most gracious name. Amen. The Bible is filled with people who express their faith over fear, all the way from the beginning to the end. So all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we hear about Joshua and his faith, and how he was told, listen, all you have to do is walk. That is what I want you to do. And despite the thoughts that were coming in his mind, listen, God, you want us to take over that city and you want us to just walk around it? All right, God, I am going to follow you in faith and I am going to do that. And without even raising a single sword, they conquered the city of Jericho because of their great faith. We come across David, a boy who was anointed at probably around 11 years old to be king. And we know the story of David and Goliath. David goes out and King Saul's like, here, David, put on my armor. It's like, I don't need no stinking armor. I got God on my side. And he goes out there. And we know the rest of the story that he defeated Goliath. He defeated this giant. And everybody's like, aren't you afraid of Goliath? What about his strength? Look how strong he is. Here's the thing. David didn't need to know Goliath's strength because he already knew God's strength. And sometimes God will allow a giant in your life so he can find the David inside of you. The giant in front of you is never bigger than the God that lives in you. And Daniel, not only do we see about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but we read about Daniel himself and the faith that he had to pray. And he said, I don't care what's going to happen to me. I am going to pray because my God deserves my worship and my praise. And I need to have that conversation with God. And we hear that we see that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And because of his great faith, he prevailed and he wasn't harmed even a little bit. In the New Testament, we come across a young pregnant girl who expressed her faith and said, All right, God, if this is what you want, if I am to have your child to be the savior of the world, then so be it. It will be done. We read about Peter who stepped out in great faith in the middle of a storm to walk to his Lord and Savior. Never let the presence of a storm let you doubt the presence of God. I know sometimes it's hard to have faith in the middle of a storm, but I also know that God is the one who controls that storm. So how can we have faith over fear? What are the steps to going all in and having faith over fear? It all starts with the Bible. Everything about having faith over fear is contained in this book right here. It's a decision that every believer has to make you either have to do as it says in 2 Corinthians, and you have to walk by faith, or you can choose to crawl and run in fear. But in 2 Timothy it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He has given us the power of love and of sound mind. Faith in the face of fear stretches us to grow spiritually. So what exactly is faith? I like to think of it like this. Faith is trusting God even when life doesn't seem to make sense. And how often does that come? I think especially for us Christians, especially for those of us who have chose to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Life doesn't make sense a lot. And that's where we need to practice our faith. In Romans ten seventeen, it says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, by the Bible. In order to build our faith, we must broaden our knowledge and understanding of God's Word. I understand that there will be times that are harder than others. I know this. I have lived this out. But once we start to put these things in the Bible, our faith into practice, our faith will be strengthened. Because we know everybody says practice makes perfect. So in order to grow your faith, your faith is going to have to be tested. If it's never tested, then how is it going to grow stronger? You're never going to learn anything. And it is easier to lean on God in the middle of the storm, even though we don't understand it. So point number one, when you go all in and you choose faith over fear, you choose to read the Bible, you choose to read the Word, and know the Word. We have to be careful because here's the thing. Even the devil and even his demons know the word and they know the word they have some of this memorized so that way they can twist it and use it against you and say well it doesn't really say that this is what it says so that's why we have to know the word that's why we have to be reading it not just every once in a while and there are people who are dedicated every day to reading the bible But if we never apply what we read, then all this book is just entertainment. I can go out and I can go to the bookstore and I can buy 50 books on exercise and about building muscle. And I can read them and have them memorized cover to cover. But if I never apply what those books say, then I'm never going to build muscle. So if we never apply what the Bible says then how is our faith going to be strengthened? Why should we read and memorize Scripture? The Bible, it nourishes our soul. Imagine going a whole day without eating anything. For me, that would be hard. I love to eat. I love dinner time. I love my meat and potatoes. So going a whole day without eating, that would be a struggle. Then imagine going two days and three days. And four days and so on and so on. After a week of not eating, you are start to become weaker and weaker. Your immune system is going to start to drop because you're not putting the proper nutrients into it. And then you'll become susceptible to diseases and sickness because you're not putting anything in you. The same goes for the Bible. We need to read the Bible because the Bible is nourishment. For our souls. I've seen this on a church sign. And it said, seven days without prayer makes one week. A play on words if you get it. Seven days is a week. We used to sing a song growing up. And we also sang this song in Owanas clubs. And it goes like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. Forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. The Bible is God's love letter to us. It's how he communicates with us. And it is through our spirit that we can have contact with God. Our spirit is what is going to enter into eternity. And it needs nourishment to be alive and awake at the will of God. Jesus said this Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But by every word that is written in the Bible. In John 6, it also says It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh. It profits nothing. The flesh is nothing. It's not really good for anything. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. If we want to gain life and nourishment for our spirit, then it is essential that we spend time with God's word. God's word is a source of life and it contains help and it contains wisdom. And when it is read and obeyed in a spirit of faith, it leads to unimaginable spiritual growth. Go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Another reason we should read the Bible. First, for, for spiritual growth, for spiritual nourishment. Another reason is so we can fight against temptation. Temptation. We fight temptation every single day. Every single person in here fights temptation, and you're going to fight and face temptation every day until eternity. And so we need to read the Bible and have it memorized and know what it says so we can fight against temptation. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the world and is to be tempted. There by the devil. So Jesus himself is being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said unto him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God, then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus again responded. The scriptures also say you must not put your Lord God to the test. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. If you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. When Jesus is saying, as it is written, he is quoting scripture From the Old Testament. So Jesus himself had to have the scripture memorized so he could fight against the temptation. Because we have to remember that even though Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man. So he faced everything that me and you face today. In Proverbs it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin." Against thee, that I might not sin against God. Psalms 19 66 says, I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. Knowledge and knowing God's word is the foundation and beginning of choosing faith over fear. Our knowledge of the Bible can be the deciding factor in whether the strength, or weakness of our faith. It is knowing what God's word says and the courage we have to go all in and boldly stretch our faith and trusting God for the impossible. We need to look to the examples of the followers of Christ and the faith that they had in Christ as a testimony to know that we are going to be able to get through it. Not just reading the Bible or even memorizing it is important, but truly believing it is what matters. You can say all day long, hey, I know what it says in Isaiah. I know it says I'm going to pass through waters, but they're not going to harm me. I know that it says I'm going to go through this stream, but it's not going to go over me. I know that it says, you know, I'll walk through the fire and I won't be burned. But if you never believe it, then the words are meaningless. You can say all day long, well, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Yep, I can do it. But if you never believe it, then what's the point of even reading it or memorizing it? It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you actually know but you have to put it into practice. Belief and practice is what matters. Number two, the second way we can go all in and have faith over fear is by obeying the Word. Now, I'm only going to spend a second on this since we talked about obedience over outcome two weeks ago. But James 2.22 says, you see, his faith and his actions... Worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So when you have faith, you will act upon it. We must commit ourselves to obeying God's word with our actions. We must practice obeying with confidence when confronted by fear. Fear is a paralyzing thing. We look at fear... And a lot of times, we don't know what to do. We face a situation, and the fear comes over us, and we just stand still, and we can't move. And that's when we need to remember what the Word of God says, and we need to put it into action. The more we step out in faith and obedience to the Word of God with a pure heart, the more our faith grows in the Lord, and we are less afraid of the unknown. In Psalms it says, create in me a new heart, a clean heart, and renew a right or loyal spirit within me. Not just obeying the parts that we like, but obeying even the parts that we don't like and that are hard to swallow. We're never going to get it 100% right, but again... Practicing and trying our best will get you a lot further than just saying, "Ah, I don't need to listen to that one. Point number three, to go all in with your faith over fear, you will need to speak and think the word. Proverbs 18.21 says this, and I said this verse two weeks ago, but... It says the tongue can bring death or life. So the power of life and death is in our tongue. And how often does that truly happen? We speak evil things about people. We go around speaking gossip. And we don't really realize how powerful our words are. There's so many things that we ourselves, we think or we speak into existence. A popular saying is, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. When pastor asked me years and years ago, if I could fill in the pulpit, I could have been like, yeah, I can do it. But if I didn't actually think, you know what, I can do that, I would have stood up here and been like, well, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can preach, but I'll do it. And I would have just been like, well, today we're going to be learning about uh, all-in faith, our or faith over fear, I guess. Um, we're going to look at some characters in the Bible. Um, yeah, but I had to think myself. I had to tell myself, all right, God, you have placed this inside of me, and I know I can do it a popular poster that I used to see in school and in schools hanging up. It says this, Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, because they become your habits. Watch your habits, because it becomes your character. And watch your character, because it becomes your destiny. What you think and what you say is most of the time what's truly in your heart. That's why it's not just important to read the Bible, to memorize the Bible, to obey the Bible, but it's important that we are truly thinking what the Bible says. Philippians 4. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. This is... Again, most of these New Testament, these epistles, these are Paul's letters to the different churches. So this is his letter to the church of Philippi. We're going to be looking at Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. And it says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. Not just in the good times, not just when you're in prosperity, not just when you're succeeding but even in the valley, even in the dark times, even in the hard times, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray About everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him. Don't forget when you ask Him for something. Thank Him for what He's already doing. Thank Him for what He's already going to do. Thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceedeth anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We already see that even Jesus spoke the word three times when he said, as it is written. There are going to be times like we learned about two weeks ago where the enemy is going to try and get you to bow. The enemy is going to try and tell you that money is more important, that love is more important, that fame or success is more important. And you will have to tell that enemy, no, nothing is more important than my God. I won't bow because it says, thou shalt worship the God alone. And there are going to be times not when you just know what Psalms 18.2 says. But you are going to have to believe it, you are going to have to think it, and you're going to have to speak it. And Psalms 18.2 says this, The Lord is my rock and my salvation, in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the only thing That can save me. And he is my place of safety. There are times where you are going to have to say, No, not today, Satan. Satan, get out of here. Get behind me. You are going to have to think it. You are going to have to speak it with every ounce in your body. You are going to have to say, I rebuke your spirit. You can't have my family. You can't have my home. Satan, you can't have this church. You are not welcome here. Get out of here. You don't have control of my life. God has control of my life, so I rebuke you. Leave this place, because my God is my rock and my salvation. And I know, Satan, what it says in Philippians 4.19, that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches, because he is my God and he is my rock and he is my salvation. Get out of here, Satan. It has to be something that comes from within. Something that you truly believe. Because if you don't truly believe it, then Satan's always going to have a hold of your foot. He's always going to be pulling you back in. There are times when we're going to simply need to speak out loud what the Bible teaches in the face of fear. Fear, it breeds on the doubts, and in the silence of our thoughts. When everything is quiet, that is when fear starts to creep upon us. Yet our faith is strengthened and it grows out of our spoken confidence with the truth of Christ. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So as long as you are still living, as long as you are still breathing, we should be giving praise to God. There's something about repeating the Holy Scriptures that helps us to push forward when we want to give up. When we speak the words from within and we speak them out loud, our fears start to get Quieter and quieter. Point number four. When we choose to go all in and put our faith over fear, we will pray the word. Prayer is not meant to be a monologue. It is meant to be a dialogue. It is a conversation between you and God. It is where you call out to God and then you sit there and you listen and you wait for him to tell you, yes, that's what I want you to do. Or he gives you the peace, like it says, the peace that path is all understanding. God's voice is not always an audible thing. It's an eternal thing inside of us because we have the Holy Spirit guiding us. It's like we already read in Philippians 4, 7, 7 again. The peace that passes all understanding. Prayer is man's job. The Bible doesn't say we should always work. It doesn't say we should always play. It says you should always pray. We need to pray when we're successful so we don't become selfish. We need to pray when we are in sorrow so we don't become cynical. We need to pray when you're in prosperity so you don't become proud. In sin, man declares his dependence from God, his independence from God. But in prayer, man declares his dependence on God. Let me say that again. In sin, man declares his independence from God. So when you're living the life of sin, you're not having enough faith, you're saying, God, I don't need you. But when you step forward and you start walking by faith and you start reading the Bible, you start knowing it, you start obeying it, and you start praying it, that is where you will find your dependence on God. In Luke, when the disciples are with Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us. To pray. They didn't say, teach us to preach, teach us to perform miracles. They said, teach us to pray. Psalm, the book of Psalms is filled with scriptures that we could make our prayer. Psalms 23, probably the most popular psalm of all time. Yes, you can just read that and be like, okay, Lord, this is my prayer today. And if you believe it, that's awesome. But if I were to make Psalm 23 my prayer, if I were to kind of rewrite Psalms so it would fit me more, Lord, you are my shepherd. I want nothing but you. Lord, lead me to a quiet place where I can be with you and I can seek your face. Father God, I have made mistakes time and time again. But sometimes, I know I'm not all in for you, God. I know I don't have enough faith sometimes. Father, restore me. Rekindle that fire in me that burns for you. God, I know sometimes I'm going to go through hard times. I know that's a fact here on earth. But God, you are the one that brings me comfort and peace, knowing that you will be with me always. God, there are so many people who are going to try to get in my way and stop me from loving and living for you. God, give me the anointing to choose you. Let my cup overflow in abundance for you. Abba, Father, thank you for your mercy and your goodness that you have shown to me. I can't wait till one day I get to see your face and spend eternity with you. Amen. That would be my prayer. I love music and I love incorporating it in here. And Torn Wells, he has this song called When We Pray. And it says, People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. Wonder if it's always going to be this way. Who will speak up for the captive, show some love and heal a past that binds the wounds we think will never go away? But what if we could be a people, a church on our knees as one before the king? Because we believe all the world will start changing when new hope starts praying. Strongholds will start to break when we pray. Prison walls will be shaken at the sound of praising because nothing stays the same when we pray. We pray. Oh, when we pray. In James one five, people say, Well, I I don't know how to pray. Well, James one five says, If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God for it. So it's always like, God, I don't even really know what to say right now. But I know that you deserve all the praise, so just let me be able to open my heart. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, we already read this. It says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry, but go to God with everything in prayer and supplication and your, let your petitions be known to God. Jeremiah twenty nine twelve says, When you pray with all your heart, I will listen. We can also search the scriptures for the promises of God to build our faith when we are feeling low. Praying God's word on a daily basis builds a fortitude of faith that crushes fear. Praying the word is more than just reading it. It's also obeying it. It's also believing it, thinking it, and speaking it. Because nothing stays the same. When we pray. Point five, when you choose faith over fear and you go all in for Christ, you will live the word. You will live out what this says. Because Jesus told him in Matthew 4:4, he says, No, Satan. The scriptures say, I don't live by bread alone, but I live by every word that comes out of the mouth of my Father. When Jesus was asked, which of the greatest, which of the greatest commandments, out of the commandments, which one is the greatest? He said this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. He said the second is like that. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that if we truly do the first half, if we truly love God with everything we are, then loving everybody else will be so much easier. Because God is in control. God is setting the pace. God is setting the mood and we are following after Him. We must put our faith into practice. As a believer, one who knows, reads, obeys, believes, speaks, thinks, and prays the Word, if you do all those other four, but never put the fifth into practice, you never live out the Word then everything else is meaningless. And you will never be able to conquer your fear if you're not living out the Word. Again, you can pray every day. You can read the Bible every day. And in Matthew 7, it says, Many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, what are you talking about? We knew you. Well, kind of knew you. We went to church We read the Bible. We did devotions. Hey, I invited a church. I invited somebody to church one time. We obeyed most of the commandments. I prayed sometimes. And he will say, you chose a feeling. You didn't choose me. Depart from me. I never knew you. Because you didn't truly go all in. The choice of faith becomes easier as we become overwhelmingly confident that God will do as His Word says. And we don't make fear an option. Here's the thing. Our Christian walk is a co-dependent relationship. You depend on God, and you depend on God. That's what it is. You're like, well, you know, I I, I can't do this without you, God. He's like, I know. That's the way I set it up. You know that you need me. You say, well, God, you know, I, I really don't have time to read the Bible. I really don't have time to memorize the Scripture I really don't have time to pray. I obey most of your commandments. God, I am so busy with all these blessings you gave me. Thank you, God, for your blessings. And he says, oh, you're too busy with all those blessings? Well, I can take them all away. And once I take them all away, then it's just you and me. And then you will see how much you really need me. If you can't manage them, I'll take them away because I want a relationship with you. I spent too much on this. I spent too much. I paid a high price so that we could have a relationship and you just want to throw it all away? I'm invested in you. Here's the thing. We do all this for God. We read the Bible. We pray. We memorize Scripture. We obey His commandments. But if we don't really live for Him, if we don't really spend time with Him, then what's the point? I can wake up every morning and roll over and tell Allie like, I love you. And every night we can go to bed and I can be like, I love you. But if I don't talk to her, if I don't listen to her, if I don't spend time with her, then what is love Then more than just a word? So you can tell God all day long, God, I love you. But unless you're spending time with him, it means nothing. Take this pulpit. Our faith is what matters. I know it's not always easy to choose faith. I live it out every single day. I wouldn't stand up here and preach a message. If it wasn't something that I struggle with myself, I wouldn't stand up here and tell you guys about how much faith you can have if it wasn't everything that I've been going through myself. It's hard. Choose faith over fear. And before we come to Christ, we're kind of like this cup. We're a little broken. We got some holes in us. And unless we put our faith in Christ, no matter how much we read the Bible, no matter how much we pray, it's going to be empty. Most people think when you come to Christ, He's going to patch up your holes. He's going to make you as good as new. Well, it doesn't say that. It says when you come to Christ, you become a completely new creation. Everything, every single wound, every single hurt, every single heartache is gone. And you are completely new new and as time goes on your faith should grow how many of you people that have grown children or adult children do you love them more now than you did when they were first born I didn't say do you like them more because there's gonna be times you don't like them but do you love them more now has your love grown for your children as time goes on yes 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 just like when you're in a relationship, my love for my wife has grown has time gone on because I have spent more time. And somebody like, okay, they seem like they have more faith than me. Well, they might have more faith than you because they have spent more time. If you've been a Christian for more than five years, your faith shouldn't still be as small as it was when you first started. Your faith should grow. And eventually, your faith starts to grow. And you start to read the Bible. You start to pray. You start to obey what the Word says. And you get more and more and more faith. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, you're starting to To overflow, like it says in Psalms 23. Your cup is running over. And then a hardship comes your way. You're like, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can live this life. I can't do it, God. And you start to get holes in your life. And you say, well, look... I'm still pouring faith into somebody. They're still getting a little bit part of me. No, you're leaking. You're not pouring into them. It's not overflowing off of you. It's leaking out of you. And pretty soon, after all these hardships and you start to walk away from God, you start to miss a couple days of reading the Bible, you stop praying, you stop obeying the Word, you stop living for Him, you have nothing left you can pour out on anybody else. But we, when we do all these things and we are all in for Christ, it's like it says in Ephesians, that we put on the full armor of God. So that no matter what hardships comes our way, we have enough faith that protects us. And you said, Satan, get out of here. You're not having my life because I have put all of my faith in Christ. And we put on this armor and we start living for God. And no matter what comes our way, our cup starts to overflow and it starts pouring into the lives of of others. And that's where our faith needs to be. Two weeks ago, when I preached about bowing to your enemy. I believe it I believe it was that Sunday night. I was in bed either that Sunday night or that Monday night. I'm in bed and I wake up and I had this thought, all right. Just talked all in you know, through the fire but not burned. And the thought came to me all in, faith over fear. All right, that'll be my next message, faith over fear. So I sent myself a text message that night, so that way I'd remember in the morning. I'm like, all right, faith over fear. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to put my faith in God over fear. And then Thursday, I'm on my way to work. And I hear something. I'm like, oh, man, something else wrong with my car? We just, you know, we just put a, a wheel bearing on. Come on, God, something else. I look, flat tire. Ah, like, oh. And my other tire was bold as can be. I'm like, really, God? Really? I could have bowed to the enemy and I could have wallowed in self-pity and said, God, why me? But at the beginning of the week, I already said, God, I am choosing my faith over my fear. So Friday, I call a shop. I'm like, hey, you got any used tires? He says, not on that side. I had text Troy because Troy said he had some 14 inch tires, but his were 205s and I needed 185s. I'm like, "Okay, that's not going to work. All right. All right. So this guy's like, no, I don't have any used tires. I got brand new ones at $82 a piece mounted and stuff I'm like, man, I need two of them. He goes, hey. Tell you what? I know you. You pay half now, you can pay half later. I'm like, "All right, God. I'm walking in faith." And then I get to the shop to pick up up. And he said, "Don't worry. Somebody else has already paid the bill for you. They're not going to cost you anything today." And because I put my faith Over my fear. I didn't bow to the enemy. And I'm begging with you today. To not bow to the enemy. We're going to go into a time of invitation. Where you can express your love for God. And you get to make a decision today. Whether you are choosing faith or you were walking out the door and living in fear. When we live in fear, we're constantly looking over our back to see what's coming our way. But when we live in faith, we're constantly looking ahead to the blessings that God is going to provide. Psalms 91, 1 and 2 says, Those who live in the shelter or the protection of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There is protection and safety in the shadow of the cross. Verse 2 says, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust Him. I'm kicking Satan to the curb, and I'm not letting fear come upon me anymore. Father God, we thank You for this day. We thank You that You have not given us the spirit of fear. Fear doesn't come from You. That comes from Satan himself. Let us cast everything we have at your feet and find protection in you. And it is all because of the power of your love. Stand with us as we sing.